Welcome to Progress Notes, where we take note of patient progress. This is your host, Mithabra Carr, current student at North Canyon High School. I'm on a journey to turn the doctor-patient relationship into a patient-doctor relationship by discovering just what we can learn from patient narratives. On the Fridays that I don't have chemo, everybody in the school wears green for me for support. This interview took place at the Glendale Public Library, so you'll notice the sounds of the community in the background. I'd like to pay a special tribute to this patient for giving me the opportunity to share her story. Unfortunately, she has recently passed on, but her memory and spirit will be remembered and celebrated by all the people she has touched with her remarkable strength and infectious joy. I would further like to thank her family for allowing me to share this experience with you all. In her honor, this episode will be talking about the importance of community. To begin, I just want you to tell me your story, however you want, wherever you want to start. Sure. Um, I have Crohn's disease. I was diagnosed when I was about 20 years old. So signs and symptoms apparently of the type of cancer that I have are similar to Crohn's disease. So um, I was in between jobs last summer. I had stopped and I was supposed to start a new school. So over the summer I had really been feeling awful, just assumed it was the Crohn's, but I didn't do anything because my insurance doesn't kick in until I started the new school. Um, but finally at one point in time I was in a lot of pain and running a fever, so I thought it was septic and had a blockage um, from the Crohn's and went into the ER. I was diagnosed with the um, cholangeal carcinoma. And so that was the last week of August. Yeah, and then I was in the hospital between the last week of August, first week of September. And then when did your treatment start? Um, right away. It started right away. I got, um, I went in from the hospital, I think two or three days later, I went in and had the port put in and started chemo the following week. So it was pretty aggressive. Um, He's really cool because he doesn't necessarily tell you like stages and prognosis and stuff like that. So that's why I wanted to stay with him as my doctor because I didn't want that the label of you know what everybody else does. I wanted to be my own self, and he's like, just do your thing, what you've been doing. He's like, but if I have to tell you a stage, it's stage four. So my type of cancer I probably had for about two to three years. Um, and just didn't know it because it's just not common. It's in my liver, so mm -hmm. people just don't normally go and get their liver checked out. Uh, so, but he wanted to just start treating it aggressively. So, what was important for your doctor to know about you personally, and how has the nature of your relationship with your physician affected your outlook on your illness? Oh, like I said, he has a really laid-back attitude. Um, he didn't start talking numbers or, you know, I call them death numbers, uh, you know, because you can Google away and, and scare the daylights out of yourself. So he knew that I was a teacher. We had talked in the hospital. Um, he wanted me to just keep getting, going to work every day, keep doing everything normally. Um, so he didn't put me in panic mode about anything. It's just like we're going to start treatment, you know, and I ask questions, well, for how long? Well, until we need to. You know, well, what's the next step? Let's not worry about it. You know, it's one step at a time. So... And it's funny because people constantly ask me, well, how many more treatments do you have? I have no idea. Well, how do you not know? I'm like, because it's not gone yet, so I'm going to keep doing treatments. Um, uh, he just kept saying it's treatable. He didn't say it's preventable. He didn't say that I would never have to worry about anything again. It's just it's treatable, and right now we're going to treat it. And after treatments, if you know, we need to go to another step or do something differently, that's what we're going to do. So I appreciated just his... I don't know, mellowness, where it stresses out a lot of people when they don't have that information. For me, that's what I needed for him, just to keep pushing me to keep doing everything the same and not, like, not live life as a cancer victim, I guess, to just keep, just keep me, being me, and deal with it, so. 
you think that the effect of your treatment would be different if he did always talk about numbers and stuff like that? Like, do you think that it would put stress on your body in any way and it wouldn't be as effective? Um, I mean, honestly, when he told me it's probably stage four, he's like, if I have to put a number on it, stage four, it scared the crap out of me. Um, so I like it better, like, not putting a label on it. I just like that it's being treated and we'll, we'll deal with it. I don't, I don't think I would have wanted it any differently. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, if you look up my type of cancer, like I said, if you Google it, which I did one time and promised myself I would never do it again, I mean, it was awful. It was awful to look at. But then again, like, it was also more prominent in older people in, you know, late 60s, early 70s. Um, but having Crohn's disease made it escalate faster. So I don't know who the people were that, you know, they're getting the numbers from. So I said, I don't want to do, do that. So I like the way he handled it. Um, when were you first diagnosed with Crohn's disease? Um, I was 20, 19, 20 years old, and I'm 51 now, so long time ago. Had it for a long time. How important do you think hope is in a cancer patient's life, and where do you personally find the hope, comfort, and strength to continue? Um, it, it's everything. I mean, I have to stay positive. It's taught me... It's taught me so much. I mean, getting the diagnosis changed my life. I mean, I've always been close with my family and my friends, but this is a lot different. Um, when I started telling people about my diagnosis, which took me a little while to tell people, I said, don't come back with a pity party. You know, it's positive only. Like, if you're going to give me negative information, I don't want to hear from it. So I had to stay hopeful, and they stay hopeful. And it's made a huge difference because I've... I mean, I've known other people with cancer that have had that, you know, um, not very good positive attitude with it and, you know, not knowing what the next step is and being scared. It's not like I'm not scared, but I think, I think it's all good. Um, how did your family react when you first told them? Well, my daughter was in the emergency room with me. She was the one that took me. Uh, she's 23, so she's my youngest. I have a 28-year-old son, too. Um, and it was pretty shocking because we weren't expecting it. And she has Crohn's disease as well. So we were totally expecting, you know, something with Crohn's or you're going to meet you and, you know, start IV antibiotics or something like that. So we were in shock for a little bit. Um, and then same thing, I, when I left the hospital, I hadn't had the biopsy results yet. So as soon as I got the biopsy results and went into the doctor um, and he told me for sure and I knew all the information, I just had a little family meeting with my kids first and sat down with them and... Um, I'm really sarcastic, and I'm even more sarcastic when I'm nervous, so they were all okay, and it was actually my daughter-in-law that was probably the most upset, because she's, you know, she's not used to the family dynamics as much, and um, just promise the kids, they're, what they said to me was, as long as you stay positive, we'll stay positive. You know, if you're having a hard time, we'll remind you to stay positive. Um, my dad is 80, so it's been really hard on him, because he doesn't know what to do for me, um, and he wants to help, and he just, you know... Do you need anything? Can I do anything? Uh, he wanted, you know, he's gone to chemo with me a couple times and drives me nuts. Um, my mom is 70, almost 77, so same thing. She just, she kind of just pretends it's not going on and just will check in and see how I'm doing. But my kids are awesome. Um, have you become closer with any of your family since your diagnosis? Probably closer with my dad. You know, I think I have a lot more patience in general, so closer. Probably mostly with my dad because we probably battle more, but I've always been close with my mom and my kids. So, has your diagnosis changed your perspective on life? Absolutely, yeah, hundred um, percent. Don't sweat the small things, you know. Just 
stay positive, your whole atmosphere, your environment changes. Um, my coworkers are super supportive. My family is supportive. So, uh, yeah, it's everything can change in a second. So I can't imagine people not changing their lives if they hear what's going on. So yeah, absolutely. Has this change in your perspective on life changed the way that you've taught kids? Because you do teach young kids, so. I do. Um, I've been actually really open and honest with my kiddos. Um, mostly my second and third graders, the kindergarten and first graders, are a little too young to quite understand. They understand a little bit of it. But um, I get chemo on Friday, so I'm out of work most Fridays. So they understand that I go and get the doctor, you know, go to the doctor and get, get help for that. Um, you know, I do crazy things like color my hair purple, you know, so. They know it's so you feel better when your hair is falling out and stuff like that. Um, we have a hat day at school. On the Fridays that I don't have chemo, everybody in the school wears green for me for support because it's my favorite color. So um, I think I've gotten more patient in general. Um, I mean, I love my job. I love my kids. So, yeah, if they ask questions, I'm honest with them. And um, all my parents know too, so they can talk to the kids. I have one that like hugs me every day, and when I'm not there, gets really upset and worries about me. So I always make sure I email mom and let her know. So yeah, it's changed. It's pretty cool. They're awesome. How did they first react when you told your students about your cancer? The, the first thing I asked them is if they ever heard of cancer. And it's funny because I was with my second grade group, and one of the little girls was like, yeah, that's when you die. You know, so that's what she had heard of what cancer is. And I said, yeah, honestly, some people do, but, you know, there's ways to fix it and help. And so we had a conversation about, you know, going to the doctors and different kinds of treatment and not into huge detail or stuff. And then, you know, I wanted to warn them that, you know, hair might fall out or, and I had lost, I think, like 30 pounds or something really quickly. So that changed. I don't think they noticed those things as much that you kind of look sickly. Um, but they knew I was tired because I was sitting more and um, like other staff had to go get the kids for me because I'm usually back and forth running around. So why are you so tired and stuff like that. But now they just check and see how you're feeling and give me a hug. And, but it's awesome. Do you think they've grown from your experience? I think some of them have actually. I think some of them have, have appreciated um, you know, if somebody's sick, to take it a little more seriously. Um, in fact, one of my students, her, I think her aunt just moved in with her because she has cancer. So she told me that too. She's like, so my mom's taking care of her sister, just like you get taken care of. So, you know, it's kind of cool that they can associate it and really do understand it. When everyone in your school started wearing green on Fridays, how did that make you feel? Oh, it was awesome. I mean... Even the kids that I don't necessarily know, because I don't see the older kids. Mrs. McKenna, check it out. I'm wearing green for you today. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, the teachers, everything, you know, down to the custodial staff, the maintenance staff, everybody. You know, it's, it's all supportive. I have not had any issues being out to go get treatment. You know, if I have to take an extra day out, they're supportive and they check in on me. And, yeah, it's huge. It's a big family. It's like a second family, you know, work is. So I need that. I'm there more than I'm home anyway, so. After reflecting on this experience and journey, um, what is some advice that you think everyone in the world would benefit from here? Um, to be honest with you, like one of the biggest struggles that I've found since the beginning is the financial aspect of it. Um, I did not realize what it would be a financial toll um, going through treatment until you meet your deductible. You know, if you're a somewhat healthy person, you know, and you're just going for regular checkups and stuff like that, you tend not to meet your deductible. So. 
Um, it's kind of like when you go in for treatment, if your deductible's not met, you're paying until you can go get treatment. So I'm like, I feel bad for the people that don't have it. I mean, I was lucky that I have some, but probably by the time I'm done with treatment, I won't have much, you know, savings left. So I think that's my biggest platform, if I'm going to call it, for other people to know that, you know, there are people out there that can't get the treatment they need because insurance companies, you know, and medical problems, and it's a huge drain. And when you're already sick and struggling, the financial aspect is probably the hardest thing of all of it from what I can see. Is there any advice you would give a fellow cancer patient, whether it's the same disease or not? Um, it's just stay positive. You have to stay positive and keep your life as normal as it was before. And don't think of yourself as a person with cancer. Just think of yourself as a person who's dealing with cancer at the moment. You know, it's not your... I mean, even though I know I, it's always going to be something that's a part of my life, that I don't, I don't want it to be first and foremost out there, you know, because it's not something that people can look at you and see that you have. So I just don't want it to be a focus. But, yeah, I think that's it. Is there anything that you wish you could change about your treatment or your health care journey? Uh, the health care, definitely the financial aspect. I wish I would have been more aware of that um, burden. Treatment, I got in to quickly they are awesome they schedule it on Friday so I have time for the weekend to recover to go back to work um, so no I mean other than that that's been great do you think being a teacher for elementary school played a part in your attitude towards your diagnosis um, I think being happy at my job and loving my job has made a difference you know because if you're not feeling well um, and there are days where it's kind of like I just put snooze 27,000 times and then you know go to work and exhausted and as soon as I start seeing my kids you know you just get busy and happy and it makes all the difference rather, you know, I could have stayed home and they wouldn't have a problem, but what good is it to stay home and have a pity party and, you know, it's better to get work, get busy and be around little munchkins that are, you know, trying to be cute. Do you think that if you didn't have the support from your kids or your school community that it would affect your treatment? Absolutely. Yeah, I certainly do. It's funny because I'm a contract teacher at my school, meaning that, you know, at any point in time they could find somebody to fill my spot and I would have to move to a different school. And my principal is actually going straight to the district and trying to fix that so I can stay, uh, which is awesome because the company that I work for has a non-compete clause. So they're almost willing to do the buyout on that for me to be able to stay at my school because uh, they know, you know, they know what's going on and they know that most likely I wouldn't get the support that I need in another school. So, yeah, it's huge. I'm blessed for that. Is there any other source of hope that you've had throughout this? Because a lot of people that I've talked to have turned to God or like spiritual. Have you done any of that? Um, I'm not necessarily a religious person. I'm Jewish. I believe in my faith. I respect my faith. But I don't necessarily turn toward it for guidance. Um, one of the things is just turning toward other people for help. I'm a super independent person. I've been divorced for six years, so I'm used to doing everything on my own. So I think that's probably, you know, probably one of your other questions too. One of the struggles is being able to let people help. You know, here, let me run to the store. No, 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 I got it. Oh my God, just let me run to the store for you. You know, like they deliver. Eh. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's been difficult. Not being as independent as I was before. I'll get to that. On any days where you weren't feeling as well, um, what helped you like get out of bed and like go to work and just stay positive? I actually did the weirdest thing, and people laugh when I tell them, but um, I set myself a time limit on my pity parties. Like I do have breakdowns, I do have pity parties, but I set it as like a five minute 
like, okay, you can sit here and cry, but set your timer for five minutes and then you're done. Like, it's mostly happened a couple times like when I get out of the shower and I look and there's like hair all over the bottom of the shower. And I don't know why that hits me more than anything else. Um, I think it's just because it's just it's something that you can see and it's a physical something that you can see that it's affecting you, whereas, you know, you can't really look anywhere else and see that physically, you know, cancer is there, other than that hair all over the tub. Um, so I've had a couple pity parties after that. And again, like I set my timer, five minutes, okay, you're done. Now, dress and gear, put on your big girl panties and go to work because you know you'll be fine once you go there. Um, and because I've done that, you know, a few times, I know I'll be fine once I get there. Um, not gonna lie, there's been a couple Mondays that I've called out because the chemo over the weekend has knocked me out. Um, but even then, I'm on you know emails and whatnot, still working just to keep my mind busy and do weird things like coloring. Uh, I mean, like I'm not a sitter on the house doing nothing person. So yeah. While you're at school, do you ever start feeling negative about this or? Being in a supportive school community, does that help you stay positive throughout the day? Yeah, I think um, I think I've had one breakdown at school, um, and I can't even remember what set me off. You know, it was probably just being exhausted. I mean, because I am exhausted 24/7, um, so that's probably I had one breakdown, and then you know, then everyone had to go away because the more they hugged me, the more I was crying. Um, so that I'm like, I can't do this again. You know, too many people, it makes it worse. So like again, like mentally. You can't do that. Like, just keep going. If you need to take a break, you know, take a break. Um, I think there's probably been two times where I just wasn't feeling well, and I like email teachers. I'm not going to make it. You know, today I'll you know pull them extra another day. You know, because I get legally get so many minutes per week that I have to work with them. So I'm like usually half an hour a day that I'm seeing them. So I'm like I can make up that time. I just need this half an hour to just sit in my room and just like you know, get a cup of coffee or, you know, sometimes just go off campus, run to Starbucks and come back and just take a breather, you know, get back to reality. As much as having cancer is weird to say it's good for you, you know, part of it is just, it makes a difference. It's made you more grateful in a way? I think so, yeah. I do think so. Yeah. It's a good way to say it. I like it. Thank you all so much for listening. I want to express my sincere gratitude to this patient for sharing their story with me and allowing me to pass it on to my listeners. Also, shout out to Palo Verde Cancer Specialists for introducing us. Thanks to my producer, Manith Rakar, for helping me turn my idea into a reality. Special thanks to Tape Machines for the music. Join us again next time for a new patient update.